Let us bow our heads. Father, we have come into your presence this morning, thanking you for your goodness and your mercy. Thanking you for being such a mighty, awesome, and good God. And for this church that you have planted in Marina Valley. And for its ups and downs, its joys, and its disappointment. But the Lord for his focus. Knowing that God is going to come soon. And we who are here, we need to get ready for Jesus to come. So bless your words this morning. Because we pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, I'm going to take a familiar story and uh, make you feel good about yourself. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to the gospel according to St. Luke. And uh, it's Luke chapter 10, verses 25 to 37. I want to read the words for you so that you understand what this familiar story, this familiar passage is saying to you this morning. If you find it, if you have it, say amen. amen. It's, um, I'm reading from the New International Version, and this is how it reads. It's not the New International Version, it's the New King James Version. And it says, and behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him. He was trying to test Jesus. Saying, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, what is written in the law? What is your reading of it. So he answered and said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and, and with all your might, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said unto him, Jesus said unto him, You have answered rightly. Do this, and you will live. But he, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now, by chance, a certain priest came down that road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But, but a certain Samaritan. As he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care 
of him. On the next day, on the next day, on the next day, don't worry, everything is all right. Uh, on the next day, oh yes, on the next day, with the next mic. <laughs> on the next day, this is better now, on the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So, which of these, Jesus asked, do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, he who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. Oh, my topic for this morning is go and do likewise. You see, <laughs> to me, the Bible is most exciting when Jesus does something or says something. You see, because when Jesus says something, Jesus is telling us, this is whom or who I am. You know, Jesus, after telling this gripping and exciting story, this sad but moving story, Jesus said to the people in general and to the, to the lawyer in particular, go and do likewise. You know, there's something about Jesus. When Jesus sees something that needs to be done, he, he, he knows how to get it done. Isn't that so? Oh, you will agree with me that when Jesus says, Go and do likewise. He expects us not to procrastinate. He expects us to do it what? Now, now, now. You know, we can't be like some of our children. I don't know about you. But you tell some of our children to do something. And they take their own sweet time to get it done. But when Jesus says, go and do likewise, he's saying there are some, some, adjustments. Are you listening to me? Some adjustments that you need to make in your life and you need not put it off for tomorrow. You need to make the adjustment now because tomorrow might be too late. So when I look at this story, I, I see some people coming in contact with, the good, with, with Jesus, coming in contact with this man that was on his way from Jericho to Jerusalem. You know, Jesus, I, I, I just like what Jesus is saying to us this morning. And I, and I just want to take a little different tack this morning and not go straight to the Good Samaritan, but to go to some of the other people that are present in this scripture. And I want you to know, Iman, that Jesus is not saying to us, go and do like the lawyer. 
because the lawyer treated the wounded man as a topic for discussion. Oh, the lawyer was consumed with his own importance. He thought, he thought, he thought that he was so intelligent that he could ask Jesus a question that could confuse him or even a question that Jesus himself could not answer. You see, he really didn't know Jesus. Oh, he knew the law, but he didn't know the lawgiver. Oh, he heard about the miracles but of Jesus, but he did not know the miracle worker. Yes, he, 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 he should have known Jesus a little better because he was one of those scholars, one of those scholars who interpreted the laws of Moses. He should have known better. But Luke said he wanted to tempt Jesus. He wanted to test Jesus. I, I just don't know what is happening to him. What was happening to him? How can he, a mere mortal human being, want to test my Savior? And Jesus, you know him, when he walked this earth, he's smarter than most of us. Most of the times when you ask him one question, he asks you two. <laughs> you ask him two, he asks you three. He, 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 he's a smart man. He lets you answer your own questions. You see, many of us need to understand that sometimes we are asking dumb questions that we should be answering for ourselves. Are you listening to me? And, and Jesus answered him, and, and, and Jesus said, he answered, and he gave Jesus the answer. He said, oh, you should keep the law and all those kinds of things. And Jesus said, oh, you're all right. You have answered correctly. But he was still not satisfied with the answer of Jesus. He had to take it a little further. And he asked Jesus the question, so who is my neighbor? And you don't ask Jesus too many questions because Jesus always has an appropriate illustration. Oh, yeah, I could, have, I could have said to the guy, man, stop asking. Stop asking. Just do what Jesus tells you to do. But he keeps on asking, and Jesus ripped into him with this story. You can't be like this man because Jesus is not into discussions. You know, I know, I know religious people. I know church folks. Oh, we like a good discussion. Oh, come to Sabbath school and you hear all kinds of false doctrines. Uh, we, 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 uh, we, we just love a discussion. Uh, we discuss the doctrines and the, and the standards. We discuss everything. And that's what the church is for, isn't that so? So that we can discuss and somebody can put us right. Or you can put somebody right. But we love to pontificate on what is right and what is wrong. We are not afraid in the church to give our, our opinions. And um, they were not afraid then, and we are not afraid now to give our opinions in church. 
But I believe, I believe, Christian friends, that Jesus is saying to us this morning that discussions have their limitations. The reason for discussions is not for one side to win a point and the other side to lose. The, the idea, the reason for discussions is to find answers. Are you listening to me? To find answers. And when you find the answers, Jesus says, go and do likewise. Are you listening to me this morning? Oh, I know, I know that Jesus is not saying to us at the morning this morning, go and do like the thieves. Oh, no, 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 no. No, no thieves in God's church. Yeah, because the thieves treated this wounded man as an object to exploit. An object to exploit. You see, the Bible says they stripped him of his clothing. They beat him up and wounded him. And left him at the side of the road, half dead. I say they left him in a coma. Uh, you know, there are certain places in Marina Valley that we can go certain times because they will shoot us. They will kill us. Oh, you, you know I'm talking the truth. You, you know where to go at certain times and where not to go. And people are still exploiting people. Are you listening to me? There, you don't even have to go from Jerusalem to Jericho. You don't even have to go into the, 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 the difficult areas of the cities nowadays. They will come to your house. They will follow you from your work. They will come wherever you are and to find you and to exploit you. You know, America is a beautiful, wonderful, great nation. But it's a nation that is rampant with exploitation. They exploited our forefathers. And they, they, they haven't given us anything yet. They, they still don't want to give us a job. Are you listening to me? They, they made us slaves. And, and they still, when it comes to hiring our men and our women so that they can take care of their children. We are always the first to be hired for all kinds of reasons that are not true. Are you listening to me? People take advantage of one another. Many people are selfish. They care only about themselves. And you know, we say that about the people of the world. But sometimes... We can say it about some people in the church. And that's why God says, I don't want you to be like the thief, because I don't want you to treat anyone as object of exploitation. And Jesus, Jesus is not saying to us, and I'm sure about that, go and be like the priest, because the priest, listen to me, the priest treated the wounded man as a problem to avoid. Look at what verse 31 says of, 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 of Luke chapter 10. I, I like to read this one because I'm a priest. 
So I will have to check myself out with this. Look at what the priest did. Uh, verse 31 says, and by chance, a certain priest. <laughs> I like that idea, a certain priest. Not all priests. <laughs> a certain priest. I <laughs> Listen to me. A certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed on the other side. You see, it's amazing that a priest who is supposed to be compassionate, a priest who is supposed to be righteous, a priest who is supposed to be helpful, a priest who is supposed to be religious, he placed his religious work and ceremony before the welfare of the wounded man. You see, God put this man into his life, into the priest's life, and, and he didn't even recognize it. You see, and some of us are like the priest. We put work, even religious work, and busyness before helping others. Are you listening to me now? Uh, sometimes we put buildings before believers. We put ceremonies before Christ. And if you're a church administrator like I am, sometimes we put policies before people. I, I, are you listening to me? Uh, I'm concerned about the priest. I'm concerned about the religious leaders. I'm concerned about those of us who should be examples, and we are not. And, and I'm concerned that we need to, to pray and lead the church in a prayerful manner. I'm concerned about being a priest. But Jesus is not saying, go and be like the priest. But he's also not saying, go and be like the Levite. Because you see, the Levite, and you know to me, the Levite are the church officers. So the priests didn't get away. Neither the officers of the church. Are you listening to me? So if you're hard on the priest, you better look at yourself this morning. Because you see, the Levite treated the wounded man as an object of curiosity. Uh, look at verse 32. Look look at what he did. Oh, he had a little more sense here. He said, likewise, the Levite, when he arrived at the what? The place. Uh, came and looked. He looked. He spied. <laughs> he looked. That's what the Bible says. He looked and passed by on the other side. That's amazing. He came and he looked, saw the dying man, and he went on the other side. This is a man who is a churchman. Yes, at first he was touched, touched enough by his feelings, his emotions. So he walked over and looked at the wounded man. He was concerned, but he was not caring. He decided not to give a helping hand. 
Now, I always look and give people the benefit of the doubt. You know, that's my nature. And uh, I, I, I always say, perhaps, perhaps, perhaps this Levite was fearful of being identified with the robbers. You know, he, he wants to get out of Dodge. He, he wants nobody to seem near. You know how, how things are in this world, even in America. When your wife is murdered, they just suppose you kill your wife. Isn't that so? If you're at the party and somebody got shot, they are coming to your house and question you. And you better be sure. So this guy had some reasons not to be there. He wanted out of that place as quick as possible. You know, perhaps he feared that the robbers might be still lurking behind the shadows of some surrounding cliff. And he wanted to get away from the robbers. Hey, see, he has some reasons. He has some reasons. Perhaps the Levite felt that meddling with the poor soul was just too much bother to undergo. And I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't really care about what he was thinking. One thing I know is that he missed, I listen to me, he missed the opportunity to be a blessing to this bruised and battered man. Oh yes, he missed the blessing. And God wants us to do better than the Levite. When Jesus said, or when he said, Go and do likewise. He wants us to be just like that Samaritan. Or we call him the good Samaritan. Because unlike the others, this man, the Samaritan, looked at the wounded man and he saw a person to be loved. Bruised and battered as he was, the good Samaritan saw a person who should be loved. You know, I, I like to think, I like to think that the good Samaritan started this journey from where he was going, where he, the Bible says from where to where. From Jericho to Jerusalem. I like to believe that he started out before the others. But he was a cool man. He was in no hurry. He just was going to Jerusalem. Maybe to see some friends or to do some business. And then in the heat of the day, you know, he stopped his donkey. And he rested under a shade tree by the side of the road. And as he rested, the priest passed him by. And the priest didn't even say, how did he do? The priest just went on his way. And he was saying, look at this Jew. Look at this guy. He has someone here that he could give a Bible study to. And he just passed him by. And then the Levi came. And the Levi did the same. 
the Levi did not even say a word to him. Uh, he, he must be saying, this Levi, he must not want any converts in his church because he ain't talking to nobody. And when you don't talk to people, you can't convert them. So those people passed him. So he got up a little later. That's what I think. I don't know if it's true, but I'm just, I'm just, I'm just ruminating with you. And, and, and what happened? He started after. So when he came to the wounded man, he looked at the wounded man and he said, you know, that priest must have passed this way because there was no other way for him to pass. But he did nothing to help this man. And likewise the Levite, he passed this way and he did nothing to help this man. But the good Samaritan, listen to me now, the good Samaritan, although he might be thinking those thoughts, he was happy that God put this man in that place so that he could be of help to the man. You know, the Bible says, I believe that as he was coming to the man, he, he saw something on the, on the ground and he didn't know what it was. And, but when he got closer and closer, he saw that it was a man all wounded, tattered, bruised, and, and half dead. And um, he didn't look at the man to see whether he was a Jew or a Samaritan. He didn't look at him to see whether he was white or whether he was black. Whether he was Hispanic or whether he was Samoan. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't look to figure out what kind of person he was. All that he looked for was that a person was in need. Oh, that's good Samaritan. You know, in our church, in our country, in our world, people are so divided. Are you listening to me? We are divided by race. We are divided by culture. We are divided by so many things. And, and we allow those things to, to mess us up. Are, are you listening to me? But this, that's why God said, be like the Samaritan. Because he was not looking to see for the, was a Jew. But when he started to look at the man, he knew that he was not a, not a Samaritan. He was a Jew. A Jew, a Jew, a Jew, a Jew. But the Bible says he still attended to him. I took off his clothes and ripped his clothes and took some wood or something from the neighborhood and made a sling and, and let get some water from the stream and, and washed the blood off the man and put the man on his own donkey. And nowadays we don't have donkey. We have BMWs. And some of us won't want to dirty our BMW. You know what I mean. Uh, but he put him on his donkey. And uh, I can see them going down to Jerusalem. Going down to Jerusalem like an odd couple. Because it was obvious that one was a Jew and one was a Samaritan. It was obvious that one was 
dying and one was alive. It was obvious who was helping who. Are you listening to me this morning? So when they went down, and I'm just telling you the story as I, as I think it was. He went down and, and, and he saw this inn. And I'm thinking it's not just a place where you go to rest. It's a place where you go for medical attention. Uh, he took this person to the hospital and he put him there. And he didn't ask, do you have insurance? He didn't ask, do you have a relative with some money? He didn't ask, give me your address and your social security number. So I can give it to these people who are in charge. You know, in America, if you don't have insurance, if you don't have social security number, they're ready to send you back to the borders. Are you listening to me? Uh, you know I'm talking the truth this morning. Uh, uh, but what happened is he didn't ask those questions. What he did was to pull out his wallet. Thank God for wallet. Some of them don't have any money in it anyhow. But this guy had some money in his wallet. And the Bible says that he took out enough. I don't know if it's a week or a month's worth. But he took out enough for the people to take care of this young man. And the Bible says that what happened is that after he was ready to go, he was so good that he said, look, I'm coming back next week or next month. And I'm coming back to you. And if he owes you anything, I will pay. If he owes you anything, I would pay it. Now, friends, when you think of Jesus saying, go and do likewise, you must, must come to the understanding that this Samaritan was not just any old Samaritan. This Samaritan was somebody who was touched by the hands of Jesus. This Samaritan was a person who understood what it means to be like Jesus. This Samaritan was a person who wanted to be like Jesus. You know, the time that people get the best from you, or you show your best, your best side, is when you have to do things on the spur of the moment. Are you listening to me? Your good will come out, or your evil would. If you are filled with goodness, every time somebody messes you up, even though you might be mad at times, you always find a way to work it out. Isn't that so? Oh, you know, I'm talking the truth this morning. I, I don't know about you. I've I, I messed up my note, but I know I have some very important points that I want to say to you, but that's not important. The important thing is that God says that if you are a child of mine, I want you to be, uh, don't take it for granted because they call your name down here that they're going to call your name up there. Don't take it for granted because you walk straight in the church that you're going to walk straight into heaven. Don't take that 
for granted. And that's what Jesus is saying. And the, the, the lawyer got the message. He, he was messing around with the books. Remember, he was one of the interpreters of the Bible. And he didn't even understand that simple concept. That simple concept. But when Jesus made it clear to him, thank God, thank God that he saw the light. That he got the truth. That the, he got the understanding. And he said, I know what you're trying to say to me. Jesus is not this man. Is not that man. Is that man that show mercy and compassion and care and help and love to that man. That is his neighbor. Oh, I don't know about you. I can hear the trumpet sounding. I can smell Jesus coming down the azure skies. I know that soon and very soon, Jesus is going to come. And I know that when he comes, I want to be ready. I always tell my wife, I want to be ready. And I sometimes feel that she's more ready than I am, you know, because she's just a wonderful Christian woman. I have my difficulties from time to time. But I want to be ready when Jesus comes. I, I don't want to be, to, be, to be lost. I want to be saved. So I know that is not just what I do in my strength. As Jesus says, go and do likewise. Jesus is saying, you don't go in your strength. You go in the name of the Lord. That's what this man was doing. He wasn't playing church. He wasn't playing Christian. That was a part of his makeup. That was a part of his character. And we as Christians, we need to come to that place where our character is to do like Jesus wants us to do. And the only way we can get that, brothers and sisters, is to get closer and closer and closer to Jesus. Uh, I, I know all of us want to be ready when Jesus comes. Isn't that so? Oh, you want him to break down every idol and cast out every sin in your life. You want to be ready when Jesus comes. And I, I know preachers, we like to call you to the altar. And you come and you start to cry. And, and then you go back home forgetting what you cried for. Um, but this morning, I don't want you to cry. I want you to be open. I want your minds to be clear. I want you to think where you are in your Christian experience. And I want you to say, Lord, this is where I am. I want to be where you want me to be. And if you want to say that, I'm just going to ask you to stand. I'm just, where's the music? Come on, good music. This, I need some music as they stand so that, that they can feel good about their standing. Isn't that so? Oh, I, I wanted to stand this morning, and, and I, I want to pray for each and every one of you because I want to be ready when Jesus comes. You know, before I pray, I always wonder why God allowed me, George King, to be born into the family that I was born. I always wonder why. 
You see, I, I, I was born into a family of ten children. And I am the seventh. And I can remember when all twelve of us were in the same house. And I, I, I can remember my father, he was not rich. So with every second child, <laughs> he would build a little room. Add to the house, you know. Add to the house a little room so all of us can have our own little space. Little space. We have one bathroom and one toilet. That's all right, but we had our own little space. And I can remember being the servant that you are subservient to the rest. Isn't that so? So I learned how to deal with my brothers and sisters. I, I, I would use humor. <laughs> I'll use a lot of humor on them and, and know how to get away from their subversive grip, their, 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 the, the difficulties that they bring to bear on you from time to time. And when I look at that and I see what I'm doing now in my life, being a pastor and an administrator, I always go back and I said to my wife, Thank God for Roland and Alberta King. Thank God for my family. Because I've learned something from being the seventh child in the family. So I have learned how to maneuver. I, I, I can do that. Sometimes I'm wrong and sometimes I'm, I'm right. But I can get the assurance that I am trying my best to make things work. Are you listening to me this morning? And I thank God for my wife. I always say that. No, I embarrass her sometimes, but it's okay. And because, you know, she could have um, decided on some ugly guy in Trinidad. <laughs> but um, she had the good sense. She had the good sense to look at George and say he's the one. And I always thank her for that because I know other people are looking at her. And that's how it is when you go to college, isn't that so? So I always thank her for that. And, and uh, she also helps me quite a lot. When, when I get off on the deep end sometimes, she said, man, you better pull yourself together. It's not all about you. It's about Jesus. And it's about the church. And I, I just want to say to us this morning, don't think that anything that goes on in a church is about you. Just think that it's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. And when we can allow Jesus to be the unmoved mover in our lives, the one, the source of blessing, the source of stability, the source of strength, the source of protection, the source of guidance, when we can allow Jesus to be the one, the most important person in your life. Oh, you're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. Oh, let's bow our heads. Our Heavenly Father, when all our labors and trials are o'er, uh, we want to be safe on that beautiful show ever to be near the dear lord 
we adore. And not only to be near him, but to spend the ceaseless ages of eternity with him. Just praise your name this morning for the leadership of this church. Uh, thank you, dear Lord, for the membership of this church. Uh, thank you, dear Lord, for the city in which this church is located. And the Lord, we do believe, we do believe that you're a great and mighty God. And that you have put this church together so that they can lift up your name at this corner of Iris and Indian. Uh, we believe, dear Lord, that you have put a band of wonderful believers together in this place. And dear Lord, we have listened to your words and we have heard your command. Go and do likewise. Don't do like the thief. Oh, just looking for somebody to exploit. Don't be like the lawyer. Just looking for somebody to have power over. Don't be like the Levite or the priest, dear Lord. They are just confused. But the Lord, you want us to be like the Samaritan. A man who is full of compassion. A man who knew Jesus for himself. A man who was filled with your presence. Oh, as the song says, who had some new anointing. And the Lord give all of us in this place a new anointing. A new filling of your Holy Ghost. So that the things we used to do, we do them no more. The places we used to go, we go there no more. The things we used to say, we say them no more. Because Jesus Christ is in our lives. Thank you again, dear Lord, we are looking forward. We are looking forward to the time when this world as we know it will come to an end. And the Lord, we ask, we truly ask. That when everything is said and done, when the music is over and the preacher preaches last sermon, the singers sing their last song, and the government makes its last law, that we will see Jesus. We will see Jesus for ourselves. And we live in a world that is made new. A world where Jesus reigns supremely. Hear and answer our prayer, because we pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. All be seated. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you.